you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. What an honor it is to, that you allow us to come across your airwaves, you tune us in, you dial us in, you play us, whatever the case may be. It's a pretty big deal. Uh, we promised as we were going through how these narcissists, these terrible people in the world hurt people over the last six months. We've been talking about that. And I told you I was going to bring in some of the people I got to know along my journey, uh, helping people, working with people, getting to know people. And I've been, I, I wanted to bring on some pretty amazing, wonderful folks. And I have one of them with us today is my friend Juliet. And uh, I met Juliet. Juliet was probably 16 or 17, I think 16 when I met her. And uh, I was doing some training on PTSD. And I said, wow, she's a pretty great human being. And we, we just had uh, my wife and I were out where she was at. And we, it was a connection with, with, with Julia and her, um, uh, just her plight and everything she's go through. I think she's a courageous young lady and I'm proud to know her. And I'm, I'm glad. Thank you, Julia. Thank you for coming on today. Thank you for inviting me, Brother Doug. Oh, you're welcome. And you know, the Bible says over, so Julia, I'm just going to be totally upfront with everyone. Juliet's an individual who's been hurt in a terrible way in her life. And, uh, she, she didn't accept victim status in her life. That's why I have her here today. Julia, I want, I want to tell you something right now. Julia is not a victim. Julia is a child of God. And, uh, so I want to tell you up front, she's been hurt. She was hurt by somebody who was supposed to take care of her. And, and her story's uh, a story of, of victory and how God's worked in her life. And I want to share a verse with you guys. And uh, the verse is Matthew 18, 6. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones, speaking God and his children, which believe in me, if it were better for him to have a millstone were hanged about his neck, that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. God's pretty serious about not hurting kids. Uh, Jesus loves kids. And, uh, uh, but Jesus says, suffer little children and, uh, and forbid them not to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of God. Suffer little children and forbid them not to come unto me. Don't tell them not to come on me. I'm here for them. I'm their God. So, Julia, you know that. And Jesus is your God. Jesus is your Lord. And if it's okay with you, um, we'd love for you to share your testimony. And I know, I think this is the first time you've done this publicly, right? Yes, correct. Okay. So go ahead and share it with us, sis. We'd, we'd love to hear it. I, um, ever since I was a little baby, I was sexually abused and, um, I definitely struggled with that. Um, as I grew older and I finally realized what it had done to me, but, um, what hurt the most was the fact that my parents who had adopted me at five years old, um, had done most of the abuse, um, sexually, mentally, uh, physically, emotionally, anything that you could possibly imagine it affected me. And, um, someone who obviously was supposed to take care of me, which was my adopted dad and be there for me and protect me was the one that hurt me the most. And, um, not only that, but my adopted mom was supporting him. And even though she may not have known what was going on, um, she was just abusing me in her own way, mentally and physically. And so 
Growing up, I really had no one to look up to. I had no one to protect me. I couldn't go to one parent and um, have them rescue me. It was literally no one to go to. And then um, just needing to raise my brothers as well and try to protect them from my parents. And as I grew up, I, I knew about God. We were a Christian home. Um, we went to church almost every Sunday. Um, very generic Christian um, on the outside, definitely did not act like that on the inside, um, did not show any good qualities of being a Christian. I was saved when I was um, eight, I believe, and I have testimonies of what God has done in my life, but I have been through so many doubts of whether I was saved or um whether God was actually there for me. And so I rededicated my life to Christ when I was 13 and I was baptized. And um, I was sent to a girl's home in Indiana. And I believe that is when I was truly free. Um, And I truly found my freedom or the beginning of my journey of victory. And so just, just to, uh, just to catch up and fill in a little bit of blanks on folks. So, so as Juliet said, she was adopted. And so from five to eight years old, she was sexually abused and really abused until 10. And then in, in a physical, physical types of way. And then at, uh, I guess 13, is that what you're saying, Juliet? 13, you went to Indiana and that was in a girl's school that was confined in control, which felt like a safe haven to Juliet. So you can imagine yeah. that here's, here's a young lady that needs a safe haven. Uh, she, she's been through things. So I, I, I'm, I'm very sorry those things happened to you. So you're sent to Indiana. You're, you're in your safe harbor, safe haven. Um, and what's life look like there? There I was, um, it was a very controlling environment, but it was for the better good of each one of us girls as, Um, We had all come from different backgrounds. Some were still um, suffering extremely difficult um, and just had their own struggles. And we each had our own struggles. And so it was very, they were very emotionally supportive to what I had been through. And um, specifically one of the ladies there helping, um, who I still talk to this day, was understanding of what I had gone through and she was there for me as a mother. And so I believe it was a time that I could heal and not have to worry about, well, what is going to happen the next day? Am I going to eat or who's going to hurt me now? Or what's it going to be like today? And it was just a way to have my nerves relax and not be scared of what was going to happen next. So yeah, it was for your life. It was very steady um, and, uh, wow. And I, and I'm glad about that. So, and, and so well there, I guess, is where you, uh, went to the Lord and rededicated your life and just made sure you had everything right. Yes, correct. Wonderful. And so during that, is there anything you want to point out during that time that was a blessing and, uh, just bringing you to the next step? Uh, sadly, folks, I say all this, uh, because, Julia has trouble after she leaves there. Uh, you know, Mama Dearest shows up again, who's crazy. So I, I, do, I don't want to skim over good things or, or take anything away from what Juliet wants to say here. 
I will say during that time, um, I did not know PTSD was a thing. And I know that you first brought it to the church that we were going to. And I denied having PTSD. I was like, no, I'm not one of those people. I can't be one. Like, there's no way my trauma was that bad. And um, I denied it because I didn't want it. I didn't want to have it. And um, so for the longest time, I will say I denied having that even after I left. And as many people told me that, yes, you definitely have PTSD. Um, I just didn't want to believe it. And it took a long time for me to believe that. Yeah. Yeah. And so then the, the, where she's at, the school closes. And uh, so what goes on with you then, Juliet? Um, I was the last um, student to leave there because they were extremely concerned about sending me back to my parents. And one of the, we reached out to one of the board members who supported the home and which was a pastor and his wife in Ohio. And I ended up moving in with them um, after that. And I was there for about during the summer from March until August. And then I was, um, I was sponsored to be at a violence seminar at a college in Wisconsin. Yeah. So I went to that seminar. Um, my mother still tried to control me from where she was in Colorado. And um, she ended up calling me through the college and said, if that pastor's family doesn't adopt you within 24 hours, I am going to come and get you. And Which I is ludicrous. To- How can anybody right. adopt somebody within 24 hours? I mean, right. You, it's, it's so that impossible. triggers you. So all these triggers are in your life. Right. And I tried to reason with her saying that is impossible. They can't even, it was over the, it was almost the weekend too. It was a Thursday. So you couldn't even get the paperwork done that fast. And I said, you know, that's impossible. Um, Why are you trying to do this? You know, you don't want me there in reality. And she said, well, then I'm coming to get you. So Friday night, um, which was the last night of the seminar, she decides to show up and the security officers knew that she was going to show up. And I said, well, I need a witness to talk to you and I do not want to talk in private. And she didn't like that idea. So she turned around and went back inside and decided to call law enforcement. Law enforcement shows up. We talk about two hours going back and forth. Um, they hey, hold her- that thought for one minute, Julia. Folks, I got to do this for our radio station. We'll be right back. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. Hey, thanks for hanging with us. This story is so enthralling that I, I forgot to watch the timer. Uh, but, but Juliet, so you're back there. You're at the school in Wisconsin. Your mother calls law enforcement, and that's kind of where I had to preempt you. Sorry about that. Yes, yep, that is fine. So she calls law enforcement. They tell her to file me as a missing person and a runaway, which, by the way, if I, any of you know, that gets filed across the whole country that isn't just in one state so 
that gets put into the system and they are searching for me. They're on the lookout for me throughout the whole country. And so then when that didn't work and when they told me that, and I said, I still was not going to go back with her um, because the police at that point were on her side. And as much as I said that there was abuse in the home, as much as I had people backing me up, it still made no effect on them. So then they decided to um, threaten me with a warrant for my arrest at 16 years old. And I had a security officer say that wasn't even possible for them to do that. They had no backing for that. So at that point, they stepped out and um, I was taken to another room where they didn't know where I was. And the police ended up leaving. And at about one in the morning, um, another shift of police show up at the door. And it was because my mother decided to call again and try to get them to get me to her. And uh, I sit on the bumper of the police car and they're asking me a bunch of questions. And I just tell them um, what was happening. And I said, I don't know why she would try to want, try to get me back with her because she told me she hates me. She didn't want me in the first place. And she told me that at 12 years old. So I'm not exactly sure why she's trying to get me back. And it basically ended with the sergeant saying, well, do you want to go back with your mom? And I said, no. And then he said, okay, well, that's it. And he walked over to her and said, you're going to have to figure out some emancipation process because she, I'm not going to make her go back with you. So she decided to go back to um, she asked his permission to go back to Colorado, which she did not do. She went back to Minnesota, which is where her family originates from. And that was not done with. She proceeds, she proceeded after that, um, to search for me elsewhere, but I don't know how much time we have left for that. So. <laughs> yeah. But so anyway, I, no, I, I want to keep, I want to get to, so this is terrible. So, um, just to just to bring you folks along um because i i it's important i told juliet we're going to get through the first part of this and how god worked in her life but so juliet ends up she's living with this pastor and his wife in ohio and mama dara shows back up again and there's police reports put out and you know of course you know the tactics and the reason i'm telling you this is we all know young ladies like juliet great kids great people this is a nice girl. Uh, she's been through terrible things in life, trying to learn from God, trying to do the right thing. She's living with a pastor and his wife. And, you know, the only thing I can think of is maybe there was some kind of financial benefit for your mom or something, or your mom's, uh-huh. your, you know, your adopted mom's crazy. And with narcissists, they are addicted to controlling as well. And so I feel like that was part of it. Yeah, so she's trying to, and, and, and mommy, mom is a, um, is a major trigger in her life. I mean, Julia had went to a safe haven. She felt safe. She felt cared for. In in this particular case, being in a girl's school that's all locked up was the best thing that ever happened to Julia. That's what she was just saying. Right. And right. Uh, so working through the police and stuff, Julia, she ends up getting you back. Right. Correct. And what's going on? So you end up staying with her for a month. I mean, the, you want to talk about the police letting her down. Police are threatening her. Police are treating Julia if she's the criminal. Juliet was the girl who was molested, raped, hurt. 
her her identity's upside down. She's she's living a life that's just impossible. And and the so folks, I I say this to you. I want to learn one thing right now before I let Juliet keep going. Is if this is happening to you, you know, go to the police right away. Uh, mm-hmm. Force them to learn. Th- I mean, isn't that what we learned here, Juliet? Yes. Yep. Yeah. And so how did you end up getting away? You ended up, the, and Skip, it's part of the story, because we're going to bring Juliet back. She's working with the police now on some of the things happened in her life. But uh, using the next few minutes, how did you finally get away from her? Um, actually, it was a miracle that my mom let me go. I'm not exactly sure what made her decide to. I had turned 17. Um, I was her, and I believe she... There was something that she knew that I could either go to the police. I'm not exactly sure what it was because I don't even know what it was. But she let me go to a missionary school called Youth with a Mission, um, also known as YWAM in Denver, Colorado. And she paid for the first five months of schooling there. But after that, I was on my own. She didn't give me any identification papers. I didn't have a driver's license. I didn't have a social security card. No identification card to get a job. And so after the five months, I was working there, but I still had to pay rent. So I had a few supporters um, that were supporting me there. Um, And basically the first thing I did when I turned 18 was went to her and collected my identification papers um, and moved to Minnesota. Yeah, thank God for that. So there's a lot of lessons in here, Juliet, and we want to come back to you again. I I told Juliet before we even started, I listened to her story again, and I said, Juliet, the one thing I don't want to do is guide or lead your story. I really wanted Juliet to tell her story. Uh, But there's some victories going on here. So Juliet has contacted. So I want you to know this. Juliet was finished high school. She's finished her first year of college. She's working her job. She's taking care of herself. She... um, and so, Julia, how do you make a decision that I'm calling the police? This guy raped me. These things happened in my life. How did that decision come? Um, it was really just the overwhelming desire and need to tell someone so that it didn't happen to someone else. And realizing that if something happened to you, it's your responsibility so that it doesn't happen to anyone else. And it really just does take courage. But in the end, it will, you'll succeed. And I, and I want to say from a ministry perspective, so any of us that come in contact with Juliet, and and maybe many of us don't know this, but any of us who come in contact with someone like Juliet, who's been hurt and physically abused, uh, we have a responsibility to report that as a mandatory reporter and to, you know, had, had we had some of us known to do that, uh, you know, I wasn't, with Juliet didn't know Juliet's story until later on. Um, but if we work with someone who's been hurt and that's the great thing about Juliet doing this. So you're listening to this, we have a responsibility to call the police and say, listen, this dad hurt her, this mom, um, emotionally abused her. And it really would have turned all this stuff around. Right. Uh, so, so now you're in the process, I guess, of them investigating. Is that what's going on? Correct. With my dad, unfortunately, with my mom, there is a statute of limitations um, in Colorado of, I believe it is three years, three or five years um, that you can report. Even though I was a minor, it still doesn't count. Those years still count against it. So, Yeah. Yeah. So, Julia, first of all, I want to thank you 
Uh, I'm going to talk here and kind of just consolidate things. And we're going to bring Juliet back. I, my commitment to Juliet and my commitment to you is as she continues on with the police and as she continues on with life, she just finished a year of graphic design college. She's changing her major up to the second year in the business. Uh, she's working. She's taking care of herself. And Juliet, I just want to tell you I'm proud of you. And uh, um, I think your identity is found in Christ. I think your identity is found in being courageous and I'm always going to be a cheerleader for you. And I want you to know that. And you can always call and folks, I want you to pray for Juliet and just pray that this case would work out and pray that God would use Juliet to help girls who've been through the junk she's been through one out of eight has, and that's unacceptable. And, and folks, one out of 14 men have, and that's unacceptable. So maybe yeah. Juliet can be a voice for this. But we sure do love you, Juliet. Thank you. Hey, we love you, folks. God bless you. Come back tomorrow, and uh, we'll be glad to talk with you then. May God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.